It is Sunday, December 23rd, and this is the Galactic Gaming News Podcast. I'm your host for this week, the sick yet willing to come here and be a part of the show, Eric Lee Lewis, and I'm not taking my sneakers off. And I am joined by no Greg Livingstein. I would prefer you to call me Jimmy James. Oh, oh okay. Alright, you're 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 now Jimmy. Jimmy Kowalski <laughs> Jr. And the other Jimmy Kowalski Jr., who will be Jimmy Kowalski the seventh, Jovan Street Lawrence. Hi. <laughs> I almost feel like we should call you Jovan, don't call me Street. Call me the Boulevard. <laughs> It's just what? This, what is it's just this week. It's just this week. <laughs> it has to happen. I mean, I'm the host. I'll just I'll pull the whole plug on this thing now. Do you want me to turn this podcast around and go home with you? Like, take you home? You know what I mean? I'll buy you a drink. This podcast drink? is getting gay this week. A drink? You're not going to buy me a drink? I'm just going to buy me a drink? I feel like me saying that to you might come <laughs> off as racist. I don't know. That that might not be the way to go this time. It, it, you, you know me by now. It would take a lot to offend me as far as racism would go. In fact, I'm pretty sure you could say flat out anything, and I'm you know what? Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yeah, I'm probably not going to say anything. I think that, that that is not the way we want to go here. Except for, let's just call it like it is. Mister Freeze was an ice man. That's right. I said it. This. uh... I may have just really made this really racist. I feel like uh, Mr. Freeze set back American-Austrian relations. <laughs> uh, maybe in some cases. I could, I could see how that would definitely be a possibility in, in many instances. But you know, this isn't a Mr. Freeze cast, even though sometimes I do wish it was. Instead, though, we are definitely going to go around and we're going to talk about what people have been playing. Any volunteers, Jimmy Jr. or Jimmy the Seventh? I uh, I've been playing a lot of Illusion of Gaia. Gaia, isn't that the uh, social game? Oh my no! Oh my! Oh my God! No, it's a. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's just an illusion of it. Like it's just like you can socialize, but. It's all a mirage. There's no water in that sand. Well, that's just what Gaia is anyway. Oh, of course it is. So, but but if you make fun of it, is that a diss, Gaia? Oh, he went there. I like that. Yeah, Ooh. actually, yeah. are you playing Disc Gaia Four? Great. Uh, no, well, I'm not. Yes, three, but it's um, that's a tactical RPG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. Disc Gaia Three and Four on the PS3. I don't know about the. But um, Illusion of Gaia is a Super Nintendo action RPG, and it's actually uh, it's shaping up pretty nicely. Bosses are a little the, too difficult, but uh, other than that, it's pretty fun. The Super Nintendo is the next generation Wii U, right? Well, that's why it's Super. Okay, I was just making sure that it like this was. What about the Ultra Nintendo? When is that going to happen? I doubt it. I don't think we could ever get up to sixty-four bits. I'm having delusions of grandeur, basically. The, U- the UNES, the Ultra Nintendo Entertainment System. I-, I feel like we need a time machine. We we really need a time machine. We're going to take podcasting back. 
to the future. At 88 miles per hour, or however many it was. And we should talk about what we've seen, and people's minds will be blown. They'll be like, 64 bits? A disc? What is that? This is a smart idea, guys. We should work on this. I like how it's six minutes in and we've already derailed beyond the point of coming back. Oh, no, no, we have it. We have it. Check it out. That's the going back in time noise. Are you Mr. Caffeine? (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping that somebody would catch that. Considering we probably have a bunch of nerds listening. I mean, considering we're all nerds here. I I think that most people probably do know Mr. Caffeine. But if you don't, you have a you have a problem for not knowing him because he's probably the greatest thing to ever happen to the gaming industry. You know, I kind of wish I know like he's not he's Ubisoft, right? Yes. Yes. Well, Tom, he's not, yes, he's uh, obviously good friends with Tom Kulancy. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's not strictly Sony, but I wish like he was in a uh, All Stars Battle Royale PlayStation Times the whole. He, he could uh, use his special moves of going back in time and the 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 second super the super version number two whatever you want to call it he uh, uber douche uber douche would be great and then the third one is annoying sound effects that kills everybody on the screen. <laughs> so what else have you been playing, Greg? Uh, that's really about it. I've been uh. Reading a lot of Lovecraft lately, so I haven't really been playing any games. Ooh. So why don't why don't you buy that uh that Thulu game? What's it called Cthulhu Saves the World or something? Yep. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Like, what is that? It is a game that I'm. Oh, sorry. Go on. It's a really shitty indie game, but like, it's just so it's so laughably funny, and it's just it, it's. A, you, I think you'll love it. It's shitty you'll in a good it. way. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm officially gifting it to you on Steam as soon as the show is over. I'm it's on Steam? It. Don't tell me it's on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam. It is bundled with something else right now for like 99 cents. I will buy that for you. Um, I don't know if my computer... Can my computer run it? Yes, it is 8-bit, I believe. Well, uh, I, I gotta be honest here. Uh, I wish I could say I've been playing... Uh, Street Fighter X times Mega Man, but my PC gives me like a 10 second input delay, and that's 8 bit. So. That game's not quite 8 bit. That game is. I don't know, that game has some flaws to it, but we will, we will speak on that um, in a little bit, actually. I think that's a, yeah. a damn good topic since Jovan and I differ quite a bit. I have a huge issue with that game. But it goes yes. all beyond that game, and we'll discuss that. Yeah, I think that's a great topic. We we couldn't come up with a topic before the show, so we were just going to uh, focus upon what what uh, Hanukkah is to to uh, Greg here. What's Hanukkah? You know that thing they do on Rugrats. I've never heard of a Hanukkah. I've heard of a Hanukkah before. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> With your cradle, cradle. Uh, it, come on, this is horrible. This, this is getting racist now. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not really racist. Greg's a Jew. Is this racist? 
Let's not make this into the anti-dentite episode of Seinfeld. Oh, man. Like the soup Nazi? That's not the same episode. No, I'm saying like the soup Nazi. Uh, yes. So, Street, what have you been playing? Oh, oh. He wants to know what I've been playing. No, I don't really. So anyway, <laughs> Street's got to Street's got to go for now. He uh, he has to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been I've been uh, dusting off a lot of um, some of the games that I've been playing. I finally managed to uh, beat Far Cry Three. Well, I beat I beat Far Cry Three for a week now, but I wasn't on last week to say so. So now I'm saying so now. Um, I beat Far Cry Three. Um. <clears throat> On what console? With, uh, Jimmy, PC. Uh, what, Jimmy, what Jimmy said about the ending of Far Cry 3, I won't repeat it. We'll just have to look at last week's episode to find out. But I, I do agree with him on the ending. Um, it was unsatisfying at best. Um, I don't think it was. I don't think it was horrible. It's nothing like what Rage had for ending. I mean, Rage just ended. Uh, at least Far Cry 3 has some sort of resolution to the plot, but you know, it, it still wasn't it wasn't what I expected. Um, but nonetheless, which, it's a Which ending did you good, like more? Good. good. Tell me well, which I mean, ending you oh, liked more. I, I, oh, bad. Bad. Damn right. Another Damn point right. Jimmy made about Far Cry 3, I think, if I recall correctly, is that he said the gameplay kind of tapered off towards the end. Did you experience the same sort of thing? Um, see, I wish he would have explained how the gameplay tapered off in the end for him, at least. Because for That's me, that's not I how think, I understood it. Because I, 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 I think I remember him saying that they tapered off for him, or like if I recall correctly, he said like. I'm glad I saved a lot of the uh, bounty hunting until the end because it was nice to go back to it as a change from the normal missions. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, so what you're saying is Jimmy's wrong, and now we know the real reason why he's not here this week. It's because he's uh, he's in rehab currently. Far Cry 3 rehab? Uh, no, obviously drug rehab. <laughs> okay, that's not true. Sorry, I apologize. Now it's always good to talk bad about you and and, and uh, call your your boss man uh, a drug addict <laughs> in public. About that one week. <laughs> well, well, I just snorted a little bit. That's that's good news. Oh God, J- Joven, did you have a point about Far Cry Three? Um, other than that, just. Very good game, nonetheless. I highly recommend it. It's, it's obviously not on any sales right now, so you're going to have to pay full price for it if you want to wait at all. I, you know, I, I still highly recommend it. It's worth the money. Um, so, yeah, go and buy it. I don't know if we're going to have a review for it before this year ends. I can't really say. But nonetheless, it's a very, very good game. One of the best this year. The GGM you're, you're, you're saving that for you know what. You're saving that for those kinds of games. Oh man, Far Cry, Far Cry, Far Cry Three is not worthy of the GGM seal of approval, and you know why it's not. 
Um, other than that, I've been playing Professor Layton games. Ah. I decided to get into the Layton series, and I beat the last Spectre just a few days ago. I just beat the Diabolical Box today. And, um... Repeat that, please. <laughs> Very mature. Eh, that's what I do. You are the worst host. <laughs> Come on, my middle name is Host. This is this is why you don't make me host. <laughs> this is a horrible idea to make me host ever. <laughs> um, and I am I'm, st- I'm starting on the Curious Village because only in the Curious Village. That's three, right? Yes. I- I'm not playing them in any kind of order. Um, I'm just playing them in, like because I don't have all of them. I still don't have um. The Miracle Mask for 3DS, and I don't have um, the Eternal Diva. I've heard so, that whenever I ask about Layton, everybody tells me to play it in order, and that it's like very important to do so. Yeah, it is because, like, believe it or not, like I actually didn't know this up until at least two, a couple months ago. Like, the, the late series actually has like a chronological timeline. There's actually like a timeline to this series, which I never knew. I always thought they were just, you know, random puzzle, puzzle solving games. And they actually have, like, some intricacies with the plot and everything, and st- stuff carries over and whatnot. So I, I didn't know all that, and it was really, like, it was, it was a big deal for me. So, nonetheless, I think these are phenomenal games. I think they're, they're actually pretty well written for um, handheld titles, and I, I think they are very, very it, they're really good at making you think, but um, not to the point where you feel helpless, or you feel like you're getting rewarded when you, you, you're accomplishing something worth, worthy, when you um, finish a lot of these puzzles, and it's very, very satisfying and gratifying to uh, finish uh, these puzzles and go through the story and whatnot through these games. I, I really like what I'm playing so far. Um... I definitely wanted to get my hands on the Miracle Mask for 3DS because that is going to have DLC for it. It already has DLC. Apparently, like, they're um, putting up puzzles every week. Like, it's like a couple puzzles every week for 52 weeks. So for an entire calendar year, this game is going to have DLC, which I really, really like. I think that's a great idea. And um, Level 5, obviously, is the one making the um, latent games, and, you know, Level 5 is really... I, I didn't know Level 5 was such a popular studio. Um, like, yeah. uh, they're, they're really well-versed in Japan, but, you know, I never knew how popular they were. Or they're making the upcoming um, Nino Kuni for the... Well, right. it's upcoming, but it's been out in Japan for two years, but for here it is. And, and you know, I played that demo, and I really think that I'm going to love this game, one of my next big purchases next to Anarchy Reigns, um, and I can't wait to play more of that. Obviously, Studio Ghibli is behind the animation. Um, so, every, like, mostly everyone who knows of Miyazaki's films knows of the Studio Ghibli and reputation and what kind of story we can expect with this. And, and, and I'm looking forward to Nino Kuni after playing that demo. I'm very excited for it. Um, other than that, I've 
just taking advantage of the steams, the holiday steam sales that are going on. I've been playing a lot of indie titles. Um, I never got the chance to play Shank Two, so I'm playing that after I played the first one. They're like the first one, so I'm going through Shank Two as a result of the humble indie bumble bundle. Set. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get that. I knew I was gonna, I knew I was gonna mess that up. I was gonna mess that up. I should have said that earlier. It's the yeah. humby bumpy. No, I'm not calling. Oh. But yeah, um, it came with uh, Shank Two, Binding of Isaac, which I haven't played yet, but it comes with that. Um, what else does it come with? Shank uh, Two. It also comes with Snapshot. Uh, it comes with Indie Game the Movie. Yeah, Which, it's on my Netflix. God. So, I mean, Indie Game the movie's on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix subscription, just go watch Indie Game the movie. I already have, and it's until it's off of Netflix. Th- yeah. That's the problem. Like Indie Game the movie is really good to the point where you could actually keep on going back and watching it. And like, I don't know if it's because of the position that we're in and what we do, but it really does, in a lot of ways, make you feel for them, especially like. What we do and what they do is, it's different, but it has a lot of similarities, especially with yeah. some of the troubles and the hurdles that they have to deal with. Um, it also comes with, uh, if you pay over the average of a $5 change, I forget the exact amount, but um, it comes with Dungeon Defenders, with all DLC for Dungeon Defenders. Mm-hmm. And that's good because I had Dungeon Defenders, but I don't have a I didn't have any of the DLC for it, so now I do, which I'm very happy for. And um, it comes with a bunch of other stuff. If you pay a certain amount, I think you get the soundtracks for each and every one of the games, too, like, which is really nice. You get the soundtracks for all of them, so... Is, you don't know it's bad. But, I, I, uh, I, I have the soundtracks, I just don't know how to get them. I mean, I don't really... I don't do the whole game music thing, but I, I think if you could possibly give them away, I would definitely give mine away. Can you? Well, I already used my keys, so I can. Yeah, I, I've used my keys too, but I didn't see a key for the music. Hmm. You didn't? No, I didn't. I didn't have one. I, I actually checked all over the email and everything. I did not see anything. Oh, that's kind of weird. It's not like I really care. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm playing games and all that kind of stuff, so wow. I have no reason for the soundtracks. You gotta listen to the music while you're playing. I, I listen to... Usually I listen to a game's music, and then I'll turn off the volume eventually and turn on a podcast. Usually the music doesn't interest me. If it really does, I'll keep it on. Like, okay. uh, so like a Half-Life a 2 or something. Yeah, I always give it a chance. I at least give it... My rule to myself is I at least give it an hour. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, I, and if I'm, it doesn't catch me, honestly, I cannot stop listening to video game music. I, I just, I really just love it. I love it. And it doesn't. You know what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I did. I I walked on. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention some really good game music that came out recently, but that's I about it. Have, I didn't really have much to say. You go ahead. Street Fighter Cross Mega Man has really good music. That's eight bit remixes of Street Fighter Four music. <laughs> I don't care. It is awesome. It has such a Mega Man feel to it, such an old school Mega Man feel to it, and I love it because I grew up on Mega Man. Like 
Mega Man was my first video game love. It's necessary. You gotta have it. It's like, uh... I don't know. I don't know what it's like. It's good, though. So you mean to tell me that there's a Mega Man game with good music? I know, that's shocking. <laughs> okay, so what? They all have good music, but... With with all the bad that Jovan has to say about Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, and some of the bad that I have to say about it, especially after he and I talk to each other about it, I think that that is one of the saving graces of it, which we'll still get into eventually. Stay tuned after the nines. Another game that I played that I really want to talk about, um, the Misadventures of PB Wimpenbottom. It's an indie what? platformer. The Misadventures of PB Wimpenbottom. It's an indie platformer, and um, I bought it yesterday for uh, two bucks, uh, two dollars and fifty cents. It has, it really is like a really awesome indie platformer. Like this came out back in two thousand ten, and um, like the th- it, 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 it has a lot, it has a lot to do with pie. It has a lot to do with pie. So much so that it came out on March 14th. Oh, it's, it's, we're talking pie. Not pie, but pie. Both. Both pies. It's a, it's a puzzle platformer, and it features... It's, a, it's like a black and white. It's like a really, like, steampunky kind of unique art style to the whole... To the whole formula of the game, and it's really just... It, it's like a... One reviewer commented on it, it's like a combination of Portal and Braid. If you like, think about the 2D sort of Portal mm-hmm. game, and it's just, it, it's like, it's played out like a silent picture. It's played out like a silent picture, and it's really just, it, it, it really, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's incredibly well made, and it's just, it looks beautiful. Even with black and white, it just looks absolutely beautiful. And there's a lot of elegance. There's like a lot of details, a lot of attention to detail with the, um, with the background and stuff like that. And obviously we've seen that before, even with more recent titles, like with the Mark of the Ninja and so, and whatnot with the, um, with the really great art background and even like Rayman Origins has had it and especially Rayman Origins. But you know, you know, PB Wintermonum really is like, a, just a very, very well done platformer. I highly recommend it to anyone that's into traditional 2D platforming. Um, it's an indie title, like the developers that made it, it's called The Odd Gentleman. I don't know if they've made anything else since then, but, um, <clears throat> it, it's an incredible game. Only $2.50. Um, it, it's, Obviously, like most indie games, it's rather short, but I highly recommend it to anyone out there who's in the least bit interested. Um, it, like I said, it just looks absolutely amazing. It's stunning, and you're definitely getting your two dollars worth. So, Misadventures of PB Winter Autumn, buy it now. Oh, man, it sounds sexy. It seems like uh, it just just as a general comment, it seems like. It's a glut of indie puzzle platformers. I think that 
that's where, and at this point in time, I think that's basically where they belong, though, because nobody else will do it. Everybody's so afraid to take that chance, and then, like, indie developers do it, and it always turns out well. Well, not always, but most of the time it turns out well. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, can't they do other genres? Well, there's all kinds of different genres, but at the same time, I mean, I think that 2D side-scrolling platformers and stuff, that mainly lies on indie developers at this point in time. Like, how many people are really going to... How many big companies are going to put something out like that and actually... Market it. Make it feel new. Yeah. I think that a lot of them look at it as if it's archaic game design, and I I think they're wrong. I think that it can still be done right. I mean, look at Braid. Look at Limbo. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Those are sexy. Super Meat Boy. Just just look at um, what Double Fine's doing next year with the cave. Anyone, any of you guys heard of the cave? I remember watching a video for that long, long ago. Yeah, it's Ron Gilbert's new game for our Double Fine, and um, it looks, it's it's a 2D puzzle puzzle platformer, and um, it looks really good. I know he he and Adam Sessler had a um, discussion about it a couple weeks ago. It's on Rev3's YouTube page. And yeah, they were talking a lot about like where platformers are going and what you know, what's the current status about platformers and puzzle platformers and whatnot. It was a really great discussion, and the cave is coming out early next year. Um, Sega's publishing it, which is the most surprising thing about that game. But um, you, uh, you mentioned the name. I can't let you just glaze over that. You mentioned Adam Sessler. Uh huh. And I've been wanting to check out that podcast, but it turns out it's a video podcast. I'm not going to spend that much time downloading it and not watching it instead of just listening to it. I'm not going to do that. But I, I want to know how much different well, Adam Sessler is on, now. It's on, the, it's on the YouTube page. You don't have to download it. Yeah, I'm not going to use the YouTubes either. I get all my information and stuff from podcasts. I feel I feel like that's adequate enough. It it has never steered me in the wrong direction. He I just want to know. You make smaller videos for that site too, right? Like ten minute yeah. videos. Yeah, only seven, seven, eight minutes. Yeah. I definitely suggest watching it. I've been a fan of his for years. I just want to know how different he is now. Now that he's somewhere where it sounds like he loves it there. He's definitely more enthusiastic. Ah, that's good to hear. Uh, it was it was so horrible seeing sad Adam Sessler over at the Esquire channel. <laughs> so you heard? Oh, I think I think every nerd has heard the word. But yeah, um, Double Fine is um, developing it. Sig is publishing it. It's going to be on PS3, 360, PC. Surprisingly enough, it's going to be on the Wii U eShop. So. Yeah, this is this is definitely an indie game, which is nice to hear, right? As far as I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want I just wanted to make sure because I mean it seems like there's a line between indie game and not indie game because EA just released the EA Indie Bundle. No, they did. I need the fun yes, ones. they did. The EA and, and, Indie Bundle. <laughs> the EA Indie Bundle, which uh, I did not know about until I believe it was Kotaku had pointed it out. And I, I looked at it, and I looked away, thinking... Don't tell me what's in this bundle. I need to find out for myself. 
I oh I don't even know what's in the bundle. I wasn't interested enough after seeing EA indie bundle. Oh god! And, and thinking that EA. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I bet you it's very indie rific with a lot of good indie games. I, I mean, uh, is good. it an Indiana Jones bundle? Am I being tricked? There's good games here, but like, I have most of them anyway. Okay, but the, here's the thing. With the Humby Bumby, you get games that are actually indie, and the money goes to games. whatever you want it to go to, basically. Yeah, With sure. EA, it's like, pretty here's sure. our Humby Bumby, and yeah. you're not going to get what you want. Sure <laughs> or you're not going to give the money to who you want. Sure Sorry, I keep on talking over you. Pretty sure if you buy this, like... Oh, money's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my point. It's like that's really Nicotel is just going to take all of this profit for himself. He says, "Oh, the shareholders, they want some." No, oh, for me. Yeah, I wipe my ass with your money. Um, in case in case you were wondering, which I'm sure you weren't, um, the EA's indie bundle comes and is is uh. Includes Warp, Gatling Gears, Shank, Shank 2, Death Spank, and Death Spank Bombs of Witch. Gatling Gears was a good game. Yeah, Gatling Gears was good. Warp was also good. I highly recommend anyone play Warp. I already Death have Shank, Shank 2. I already have Shank and Shank 2, and I already have both Death Spank games. Death Spank so, is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I hear the second one's not so great. Yeah, they're both relatively the same. In my opinion, they're both relatively good. Why? Why is the bank the baconing not in there? I have um, I, I don't know. That's really weird. Even though a lot of people didn't realize that that was a death spank game, so yeah, I think that it probably got passed over a lot. People didn't know what that was. Maybe that's why it got passed over. They're like, we don't want to give away a game that nobody sure. wants anyways. Like, it got a lot of mixed reviews, too. I guess EA didn't want to include it. Plus, it's got enough stuff in there as it is. Uh, well, that's the EA indie bundle, because EA is an you indie know, developer, EA, and we need to support this indie developer named EA. Published, I don't think EA published the bacon in Now that I think about it, I don't think they published it. I don't know. They were probably like, ha ha ha, indie game. Who are you? <laughs> we don't know indie. <laughs> Indiana Jones have the kingdom of the crystal skull. <laughs> Where's Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's um that's the EA indie bundle. You heard it here first. Hmm. EA has gone indie. Yeah, everybody needs to know. How important this is to the indie scene. <laughs> even the comments, and like when I'm reading this article from, even the comments are just like, I don't see the words EA and indie going together. <laughs> oh man, uh, they're, they're uh, this just in, this just in. EA is filing for bankruptcy in the year. Uh, am I reading this right? Yeah, never, um, never. So watch out for that. That's good. Yeah. You been uh, playing anything else? <laughs> um, I'm over EA already. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> well then, uh, guess I'll talk about what I've been playing. I don't play video games. I think video games are dumb. I think they're a waste of time. Calm down, Bobby Kotick. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I halfway wanna, I, I wanna pull up Peter Molyneux here and tell you I've been playing the greatest game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you it just so you you think that it's the greatest game of all time, and that's really bad. So I'm gonna let's see what have I been playing? That's the greatest game of all time, but is really bad. Uh, I can't mention the name of that. Uh, Legends of Grimrock. I got that with the uh, humble indie bundle. It was the if you pay more than the average, you get this also. Wasn't that a first person dungeon crawler? Yeah, like the old school one. That looked really good. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's not my deal. Okay. I'll put it that way. I remember playing the original. This one is just like the original, but the graphics are pretty nifty. But it's not It's not my thing. I, I just can't do it. it. It reminds me so much of the idea of Dungeons & Dragons, which, you know, uh, getting older, I no longer feel like, you know, when you're in high school, you have that you play Dungeons and Dragons? Ha ha ha, you're a, a douchey pussy. <laughs> I, now that I'm older, I'm like, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons while I eat my prunes. So, I, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I just don't feel like me playing Legend of Grimrock is really going to make me... It has that feel. It, But if I keep on playing that, I'm going to be like, I don't want to play that. That's, that's for douchey pussies. Well, if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, you need to find yourself a good DM. I'm going to throw a football at you and hit you in the balls. <laughs> My childhood. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe one day we can do a podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'd make it the greatest game ever. I'd be like some kind of wizard giving out STDs. Uh, my my wizard, Paris Hilton. What? Marcus could bring all of his twenty-sided die. Maybe that that'd yeah. be. We could just uh, get one online. We'll like roll an online dice thingy, and my wizard will be Paris Hilton. I'll hand out all kinds of STDs. <laughs> and my uh, oh man, what do you call those? My familiar, right? Familiars are the things that follow you around. They're yeah. like your little minion. My familiar will be Lindsay Lohan. So, uh -huh. not only will you get other more potent diseases, you'll also get, like, addicted to cocaine really easy. I don't see why you're making so many disparaging comments about all these respectable celebrities. Well, I, I guess you make a good point. I should probably take that back. I'm I'm sorry, Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. You guys are very respectable. And uh, keep on doing what you're doing, because you're really making a good impact on teenage girls. <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm hoping that ding noise comes up, like in the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> uh, also, yes, I, I also got the humble indie bundle. I uh, I didn't have money at the moment. I had Samer get it for me, and I told him I, I'll get you any game that you want at a uh, at around a ten dollar range. We'll do that. So I got the humble indie bundle also, which I think the best thing to come out of that was indie game the movie. There's great games in it, but I love Indie Game the movie. You know, I think it is. I've heard it makes what? Phil Fish look like a big, um, a big poo head. Phil Fish made Phil Fish look like a big poo head. 
Okay. I don't feel like the movie did that. I feel like the movie was trying to convey him in a really good light. And then he all of a sudden went on talking about his former partner and how he's going to kill him. And <laughs> all this other kind of stuff. So I, I feel like Phil Fish made Phil Fish look like a douchebag. Okay. I don't know. I don't know much about the guy. You know, I'm I'm new to the whole indie game thing. I'm already finding myself loving indie games more than AAA titles at this point in time. <clears throat> Just because there's more of what I'm used to, but also it seems like there's a lot more passion and there's a lot better chance of it actually being a good game instead of picking up a game and being like, oh, this this has potential, uh-huh. and then it's like, yeah, well, this sucks. I totally agree. Do you think when yeah. you say indie game, Jimmy thinks we're, we're talking about Indy 500? Um, probably. Uh, my favorite indie indie game is Danica Patrick. <laughs> but uh, with that humble indie bundle, a I really of never thought. I, I mean, I really never thought people like actually like disliked her. <laughs> to be completely honest, I, I just I don't know. I never thought. People actually didn't like her, but I guess people don't like her. I think it's just that they don't think she's appropriate for a video game. I don't know anything about anything. I, I've been hearing like disparaging remarks about her long before her uh, appearance. Oh, in really? Something All Stars, yeah, Racing Transform. I, I don't know. So yeah, other games. See, this is this is what happens when somebody brings up that S word. I instantly skip over it. And now that I'm the host, it makes it even better, because I can actually skip over it. Oh, this is a good day. Jimmy's going to hate me. We're just going to have to have you a know, Sonic cast one of these days. Oh, remind me to die that day. <laughs> so I don't show up. On, on your, good times. your epitaph will read something about Sonic. Is obituary. My you. My you googly, you googly. And <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Anyways, uh, the other things that came out of that humble indie bundle: The Binding of Isaac. Ooh, my God, what a great game! Uh, I'm I'm addicted. Like this is this is something that could probably put me into a rehab. It is. It's a game that you can pick up. And play for like 10 minutes. It has like an old school dungeon crawler feel to it. I think that if you plugged in the controller, it would probably be a twin stick shooter. I'd have to guess. I, I don't have a controller that can connect right now. I have an Xbox 360 controller, but uh, at the time I don't have the cord that can actually plug into my computer, which makes me really sad. But yeah, I'll yeah. find one eventually or something. Yeah. But th- nonetheless, that game is great. I mean, it's a. Uh, Made by the uh, my uh, wow, that was good speaking there. I like that, guys. Right? Good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> One of the creators, uh, the main creator, uh, is Edmund McMillan. He uh, was behind Super Meat Boy. Ed McMahon. Edmund Ed McMahon Millen McMillan Man. Oh, the Michelin Muffin Man. man. That too, yes. Muffin Man, Michelin Man, <laughs> the Walmart Man. <laughs> but yeah, it's got that that art style, that vulgar. I don't know if, if "vulgar" is the right way to use or the right word to use it's in this. Really, like slimy and bloody and squishy. 
yes, it's gory. It's it's a gross out kind of vibe, but the game's so good. Like I, I was playing it the other day, and I find myself cheering for getting cancer. It was great. Like cancer is one of the power ups that you can get. I don't remember exactly what it does. I don't think that most times with the items that you pick up like a severed cat's head or anything like that. It doesn't really tell you what it does, which is really nice. It gives us mystery to it. But I found myself cheering for getting cancer multiple times, which was great. There's a, there's a bit of controversy sort of online. I don't know if any of you guys heard, but uh, Ed, Edmund was, um, <clears throat> he, he actually wanted to import the game to the 3DS eShop but Nintendo declined because of questionable religious content. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which it definitely has, definitely. Uh, when you start it up... Um, see, the game doesn't really have this whole story to it. Uh, well, it does, but it doesn't. It, it's not a story-based game. It's mainly just the gameplay. But when it starts out, the whole thing is like, Isaac's just a child. And his mom's watching Christian television all the time. And eventually she hears this voice and she tell uh, the voice tells her, which I, I'm guessing is supposed to be God, you know, uh, he's telling her, oh, Isaac's not safe. You need to remove these sinful things from his life. And all of a sudden, like, she's taking away his toys and throwing them away and all this other kind of stuff. And and uh, eventually she hears the voice again. And it wasn't good enough. So, she, like, she ends up locking him into his room and God tells her that she's doing a really good job and the thing is, he needs one more thing and he needs her to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac finds a trapdoor to the cellar under his rug in his room, which I'm guessing is like a basically a cellar that leads to hell. Uh, at least that's what it seems like just because the creatures and shit that are in it. But that's where it goes from there. Uh, after you beat the game, uh, or, you know, with uh, quotations, beat the game, it, yeah, it still has to do with religious stuff. I, I mean, that was one of the things that uh, Edmund had talked about on another podcast called Indoor Kids, which our own Samer Farag got, got me into. So I checked that out, and... They were talking about how they didn't feel like it was something to worry about. They didn't feel like there was too much controversy because a lot of people won't touch an indie game. And if they see what the Binding of Isaac looks like, a lot of people won't get it. So it's one of those things where they weren't afraid, but now it sounds like there might be a little bit more controversy coming up. But who knows? Yeah. It's, a, it's a great game, and it's no matter what religion you believe in or if you're not religious at all, it's a game worth playing. It's fantastic. It's, I don't know, it has a nostalgic feel, but with something brand new to it. Times. Yeah. 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 So on top of that... Do you oh, think it would have been appropriate to put on the eShop and just mark it as M or AO? Can you rate an indie game? It's a game. It should be rateable. I believe ESRB rates everything that goes on the 3DS eShop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't worry about having it on a Nintendo console, honestly. I don't feel like... I don't think... Nintendo needs something like that. It's, it's not just like me making fun of Nintendo. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't know if they knew how to put it on there anyways. The technologies, I don't know how they work. But 
The thing is, <laughs> probably not. I, I just don't think that it needs to be there. I think that I think that Edmund McMillan has proven himself that almost everything he touches is gold. And there's always some kind of like special message behind any game that he makes. But Ed doesn't need it, but Nintendo does. Yeah. Nintendo, do they need it? They're working on uh, indie support for Wii U, and it's looking pretty good so far. Well, then, in that case, who cares? You know, it's like, why... I don't want to get into a religious conversation, but I, I feel like this is a question that needs to be asked. Why is it that they're being so intolerant to something that has this religious point of view, and especially when the end basically says that religion is right in the end? I don't want to spoil the end, or, but... I think Japanese culture isn't really known for religious things. Oh, no, they're definitely not. So, so I mean, that, that that's a huge factor, I would, I would imagine. I think I, that... I just, I just didn't think it would be good for Japanese business, not so much West. Not so much, like, as far as the West is concerned, but for internally, like, for them as a company and for their Japanese fans, I don't think it would have been good for that. But, you know, that's I just think, me speculation. I, I think that the the big deal is a lot of... If a lot of Christians actually got their hands on this game, they would hate it. Until the end. Then they'd be like, oh... But, like, where it starts out and, like, all of a sudden she hears this voice and it's supposed to be God and he's telling her to sacrifice her child and all this other kind of shit and she's completely okay with it. Once you get to the end and everything, it kind of nullifies that whole deal of her being good and doing the righteous thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I don't know. Give it to the Westboro Baptist Church and we'll figure out. That, that's, that's the way to go. Anyways, off of that topic, finally. That's probably a good idea at this point in time. I also, been, I, I've been playing Snapshot, uh, which was also in the Humble Indie Bundle. The Humby Bumby 7. I don't know what to say about that game, besides, it's definitely something to check out. It's got some really neat ideas. It may not be for everybody, but if you're into more simplistic puzzle-solving at least so far, as far as I am in the game, it's a simplistic puzzle solving where you take a camera, you take a picture of something, and then you can put that picture somewhere else, and it'll move that item there. If you take a picture of a box, then it picks up that box in the picture, you can place it down somewhere else, and that box will be there, and then you can jump to a higher height off of that box. It's a pretty, it's a pretty neat concept. I don't know. I'm not huge on it. If I had to give it a rating, I'd say... See, it's a good game. It's not bad, definitely. It plays well. It has like a, a Rayman, like older Rayman type of look to it, which is cool. But it, it's not for everybody, definitely. Just uh, if you're really into 90s educational platformers, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah, I, 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 I like that kind of concept. I mean,. I didn't think I would like Pushmo, and I, I really like Pushmo. But then again, you know, Pushmo is essentially Catherine, minus the infidelity. So. Oh, man. I haven't checked out Pushmo. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Never touched it, though. You don't I have a 3DS. It. Yeah, it's a 3DS only. 
Or do I have a 3DS and you don't realize I have a 3DS? Mmm. Um, <laughs> a single, single crash mode. I don't know if it's out already or if it's coming out. I haven't touched my 3DS in a few days. I've been playing Professor Layton on my DSi, which for some reason I still own. But yeah, I, Crash Mode looks good. So I will buy it if it's not out already. It's really strange that they decided to do a crossover between uh, a 3DS puzzler and Sony's ill-fated mascot. What? Nobody? Crash no, I, I don't. I got it. Ah, I get it. Okay. My God, Greg. My God. Well <laughs> <laughs> faded. Yeah. But also, also, Closure came in that humble indie bundle. That game is really neat. I don't know how to explain it, though. Is that a game or just a feeling? <laughs> it's it's both. It's it's more than a feeling. More than a feeling. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It, it's a uh, God. How? Well, let me think of how you explain this game. It's it's a black and white game, which. Everything looks hand drawn. It quite possibly might be. It has a it has a '90s Tim Burton feel to it, which is a good thing. Like you know, back when Tim Burton made good things, it has that feel to it. And the whole deal is like you pick up these orbs of light, and everything else on the screen is usually dark. And if you walk into the darkness, you fall right through the world and you die. So you can only walk where the light is. So sometimes you have to put multiple orbs down. Oh, it's and from it's the Super Mario Galaxy. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's so hard to explain, but it's it's amazing. It's really something that a lot of people need to check out, and it gets pretty hard. It's good times though. And that's what we're just. It's not that's an EA indie game, though. If it's good times, <laughs> would you call it Dynamite? I would call it Dynamite, definitely. Okay. No, no. It's it's clear. <laughs> it needs it needs to be checked out. And if people haven't bought the the Humby Bumby Seven, you're crazy. If you don't buy any Humby Bumby, you're crazy. You're right, right. Yes. What, what do you mean, don't say that? Wait, don't say what? I'm not repeating it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I did something wrong, I'm guessing. I did something wrong. Oh, what'd, yeah. you, what'd you do? I, I You're the right. devil. Grunkle, you You're like cry, Isaac's... Cry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that shit cry. I getcha. I know what this is about now. So yeah, that's a that's the humble indie bundle stuff. But my God, Steam sale! What a what a great Steam sale! This is my first Christmas Steam sale, and luckily a friend of mine got me a fifty dollar gift card for Steam. I ended up buying, usually for the most part, indie games. I bought myself 
Super Meat Boy, which there's nothing to say about Super Meat Boy. It's it's amazing. It's fantastic, and there's a reason why it's so highly regarded. So everybody should have that. I also got Braid, which there's nothing to say about Braid. Everybody knows about Braid. It, it's I just came way late to the party. Uh, what else did I get? I ended up picking up Dead Pixels for like $2 or something like that. This game, it has like this Mega Man look to it, but it's not, it doesn't play like Mega Man. You're running down streets, you've got to go 20 blocks and get to these other survivors. You're basically, you've been a survivor in the zombie apocalypse for a while, and you're going to these other ones. But as you go along, you can loot these buildings and you can sell them to some of the stores that are still open. It's It's got, like, a lot of RPG aspects to it, and everything in it is definitely made for zombie fans, from the names of the stores to, like, Andy's Guns from the Dawn of the Dead remake. Or, like, uh, Rest in Peace Zoe, Rest in, Rest in Peace Bill, like, all these Left 4 Dead references. There's so many references to zombie culture that it's just I freak out every time I, I play it and I'm like oh my god that's from this oh Bob he's the zombie in Day of the Dead uh, you know no no okay <laughs> uh, I ended up getting a gift of Psychonauts uh, Samer sent me Psychonauts which I've always wanted to play but never had the chance really Psychonauts is fantastic, and the whole reason why he sent this to me, out of all people, I mean, he could have sent it to George W., and he would have been like, look at this video game, this is funny, but he sent it to me because, for some reason, I've talked to Tim Schafer a few times, I have a pretty good rapport with the guy, and I haven't played Psychonauts, which... Last time I talked to him, he had joked. He's like, thanks for not asking about Psychonauts 2. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, yeah, I haven't even played the first one. <laughs> so I, I finally got to play it. And I feel like this has a place in at least my top 20 games of all time at this point in time. And I'm not through it yet. I've only gotten done going through the first mind but it's so fantastic. The storytelling's so good. It's exactly what you expect from a Tim Schafer game. From a, a Double Fine game, even. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's got... It has that personality. Huh? Go on. No, go ahead. Speak. I was correcting myself. Mm, okay. I didn't want to, like, sweep over you. Oh, no, I, I didn't think Double Fine made Psychonauts, but, like, I, I thought it was just Majesco that made both the developing and the publishing, and yeah, Double Fine actually did stuff. Ah, I didn't think Double Fine existed when Psychonauts came out. I thought Bruno Legend was the first game, but I, I'm just maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe this was just for the PC version. Maybe it's been updated. I don't know. But it says Double Fine at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So I, know, I, I mean, I know you might that, be right. I think I'm because I played it on the, on the Xbox. I don't think it's double fine at the beginning, but it doesn't. It doesn't look HD. I'm playing it on an HD screen on my computer. It definitely <clears throat> doesn't look HD, but it still looks really good. 
and just the way that the characters look, the the way that they interact, everything's so great about it. I have a feeling by the time I'm done with the game, it'll probably probably be in my top ten games of all time, but at this point in time, I'm not completely sure. It could go downhill, that's why I'm keeping it right now, probably in my top 20. Uh, I've also played Shank 2. I've also played, you know, i played Shank good, 1 right? before. Good, right? It's, uh, it's, Shank 1 was not great. Shank 2 is extremely fantastic. It's uh it's an indie game published by EA, you know, indie. They we keep it indie all around on that one. Cry Entertainment is the developer, and if you guys don't know, Cry Entertainment also did the um cutscene um cutscene development for Torchlight on Torchlight 2. Mm, Torchlight. Yeah, they did the cutscene animations for those games. So Yes, they do. They do well, I, I, great animation work. Yeah. My God, Shank 2's animation—it's stunning. It, it truly is stunning, and the gameplay—it has a lot of that mark of the ninja feel to it in a lot of ways. But at the same time, this is a straight-up action game. I, I'm not playing it with a controller, and this was definitely meant to be played with with a controller because sometimes it's hard to you know, hit this key and do this key at the same time and make him roll out of the way. But eventually you get used to it, especially if you're like a super hardcore gamer. You can really understand the feel of it. I'm newer to PC gaming, and I've picked it up pretty quick. So this is this is fantastic. And knowing that if you wanted to be a cheap ass and pay a dollar, you could go get Shank 2 from the Humby Bumby 7. Yeah, it's it's worth far more than a dollar. It's great. It, it, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say about a seal of approval. You know, um, one thing... So I played Shank 1 because uh, a friend of mine had it on his Xbox. So I played the co-op mode, which I... If I recall correctly, there was a specific co-op mode in Shank 1. Uh, is mm-hmm. there, like, an exclusive co-op mode in Shank 2? Yes, there is. There is a survival mode in Shank 2. I don't know, I haven't played it online yet, because I've been so busy with these three billion other games that I ended up purchasing, but I do plan on checking it out pretty soon. Like the I, campaign and single player, I mean, the single player and co-op um, campaigns are different. Okay. I don't even know if, the, if there's a co-op campaign. There is. Is there? I did not yeah. even know if there was a campaign or not, I was like, oh shit. They're, they're two different things. Kind of like with the Explosion Man. If you played it single player, you got um, 50 levels, like 50 levels, and then if you played it in co-op, you got like 50 different levels, completely differently designed levels that required that required for like co-op, like that required two players. So yeah, that was like Explosion Man. I don't know if Miss Explosion Man had that, but the original one did. I... You know, it's it's another one of those sad things. I haven't even played the Explosion Man games. You have to. You have to. I know I do. I know I, I absolutely have to. I, I still have to play Rochard also. I'm so sad that Explosion Man still is a 360 exclusive. Like, I would love to play it on PC. Yeah, I I was looking for Fez yesterday, and yeah, uh, Sammer thing. filled me in that that's an Xbox exclusive, and I was just yeah. like, ah, uh, no. PCs are for spreadsheets. Come on, Eric. 
Obviously, uh, you know. Sometimes, sometimes it's for that. Sometimes it's for PowerPoints. <laughs> you, sometimes you just got to make a PowerPoint presentation just because you can. <laughs> you know, it, it's good for Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, and PowerPoints. That's what PCs are for. Um, I've also played Metro Twenty Thirty Three some more uh, after not playing it for about a week. I uh, I got a little bit further. I've made it to chapter three. The chapters aren't extremely long. Uh, it's probably like I don't know two hours into the game, and I'm done. I'm over it already. It, it's boring. <laughs> it's it's just so boring. Uh, it's I like the idea. It's just boring. Plain and simple. Uh, what else have I played? I'm saving that one for last. Uh. No, no, I'll, I'll, I played, I, I've bought Half-Life 2 again, but this time on the PC. God, it's so much better on the PC. It's so much better on the PC. Most it just, game, uh, most yeah, which isn't really <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand why. Uh, this was, I've, I've probably beaten it upwards of 30 to 40 times. Val or uh, Half Life Two was one of my favorite games of all time. I I feel like the environment is perfect for what it is. The storytelling, even though, uh, as some people call him Morgan Freeman, is silent. The world around you tells the story. It, there's I I guess I I don't really need to go into detail at this point in time. I think just about everybody's played Half Life Two, and if you haven't, go home because. You're drunk. Well, I can't leave the headquarters now. Well, I mean, you're our, you are our resident you alcoholic. Said, you said anyone who hasn't played it, go home. Can't go back in the world. Oh, oh, well, go home, Greg. You're being sent home. You <laughs> haven't played Half-Life 2? As soon as I get a new PC, that's like right at the top of the list, because I really love oh. Half-Life 1, even though I've only played oh. like 70% of it. Mm. Half-Life 2 I feel like is a lot different than Half-Life 1 I I like Half-Life 1 but it really falls apart towards the end Half-Life 2 stays really good all the way through and on top of that I've been in bands before and there's one song that I wrote my one video game inspired song that I ever wrote and that was based on Half-Life 2 which was called We Don't Go to Ravenholm <laughs> I love Half-Life 2. Not since... Probably too much. The incident. Hmm. Yeah, you need to get it. Make it happen. People, send your send your PCs to Greg. Well, while we go back to the subject of indie games, another indie game that I highly recommend is Dust and Elysian Tale. I highly recommend everyone play that. That it's, is on my list. For right, now, for right now, it's just the XBLA exclusive, like Fez, unfortunately. And, you know, Prepare. the guy the guy that developed it, you know, it was published by Microsoft Studios, so I don't expect it to leave the PC, or the, leave the Xbox 360 anytime soon, but, you know. Well, I, I must tell you, prepare, hold on to your seats, Mr. Typekeeping Type Type. It was in my top ten. He's in my top ten, and I definitely love that game. That's it, it just 
It, it kind of looked like a poor man's uh, Muramasa. It did, but there was a lot more to it than Muramasa. Really? Like, that's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. It looked like looked way too much like Muramasa, but there's a lot more to it than that. It's it's a side-scrolling RPG. It's a side-scrolling RPG beat-em-up. Hack is not what they call it. Um, Cousin nerds. <laughs> Takes one to know one. Oh, <laughs> you like it so much, why don't you marry it? Uh, hey, Jerry! Yeah. Sorry. Welcome to the Pee Wee cast. But, you know, I'm, there's, I'm your first couple of girls. <laughs> <laughs> Red pill or blue pill? <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of great like set pieces with the story and the voice acting is great in it as well. It's, just, it's an awesome game. Like. Mm. I really, it's just, it's really one of the things that, like, Microsoft needs to work on. I'm glad Mark the Ninja made it to Steam, but, like, a lot of these XBLA oh, indie Ninja. games, a lot of these XBLA yeah. indie games, like, they never see the light of day on PC. Like, I, like we just covered with Explosion Man and The Maw and stuff like that from Twi- Twisted Pixel. They just don't make it to PC. And it's, Am I, I the only person why. that finds that really weird? Like, I, it's really weird because most PCs have Windows, which is a Microsoft product, and they need Windows to run. Yet, Windows is like, eh, I don't know, this isn't really our platform. It just doesn't make any damn sense to me. But good job, Microsoft. <laughs> You're done gone fucked up. I feel like it should be there. But speaking of Microsoft, I am. Officially selling my Xbox 360. Still don't think you should do it. <laughs> Why not? Well, if you're not going to connect to Xbox Live anytime soon, I guess you might. Well, well I can't. Like, the thing is. Oh, yeah. It, the, it, yeah, the Ethernet, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And for? I'm selling it. The person I'm selling it to doesn't have an internet connection for it, anyways, or doesn't care to have one for it. I'm selling all my games with it. He's giving me $110 for, I don't know, probably about $180 worth of stuff. He's an old friend of mine. So I, I decided, you know what? I'm done with it. I picked up a controller recently, and the only thing I'm going to miss is playing Arkham City. Like, I have just cause two. I have Saints Row. You get that on Wii U. I. <laughs> <laughs> It's also on PC, but my computer will not run that, Yeah, that's, which yeah. leads like, to a really I mean, funny I mean, story. I run it on medium settings. Just I, I can, You can go on high from my PC, but I just run it on medium anyway. I don't even think that I could play Far Cry 3 on low, probably. And you're you're able to play Far Cry 3 on your PC, so I don't know. I, I, have, a, I have a core i5 I, processor, I, I, and I, it seems I, like I, it's just not enough. I, I've put almost $2,000 on my computer, so... My God, that's some sexy times. I thought you only put computer chips inside. What was that? I thought you only put computer chips inside computers. Oh, you got really quiet, sir. I I heard him, but, but yeah, but I hear him too. It needs to go up more. Got I think raise. he said something about tortilla chips. Hello? You, no, no, you said you, you put two thousand dollars inside, and I. Yeah, you can only cook. Oh, <laughs> uh, Greg, you're in your subtle humor. <laughs> subtle. Subtle, yep. But, um, subtle. 
I have not been on the podcast. I have been on the show for a few weeks, and in that time, um, everyone discussed their game of the year, and obviously... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, fool. What? What? I'm not done here, because I, I want it. I I think that we should definitely make a, a big topic out of that, because I also want to talk about my top ten and how I was wrong. <sighs> okay. Okay. So that's going to be a little bit longer of a subject. So I think we should save that until I'm done talking about this this final this final game that I've been playing. Actually, no, wait, I got two more to talk about. Well, but one I'm not going to go too much into because people know what to expect. But I've been playing a lot of Scribble Knots Unlimited. Everybody needs Scribble Knots Unlimited. Everybody. <laughs> My God. Everybody. Everybody needs it. Everybody. Why? Why the Backstreet Boys? Uh, why not? Why not? This is how you're going to sell Scribble Knots with the Backstreet Boys. You can kill the Backstreet Boys in there. Oh, well, okay. You're welcome. You can create people that look like them at least. Uh, <laughs> what was the, what was the other? Oh yeah. And Street Fighter Cross Mega Man. That's the other Jovan one. Jovan Fighter Cross Mega Man. The Jovan Fighter Cross Mega Man, which I, I think that the real reason why Jovan is upset with it is because he is a fighting game nerd. Just, I never, I've never met anybody that isn't fighting games like Jovan is, like Street is. I feel weird calling him Jovan at this point in time. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Just don't, just don't happen, right? It'll be okay, I promise. It's, it's not, it's not bad, but there's, there's an issue that I run into with it. And it wasn't an issue I really had at the beginning until Jovan, damn it, Street brought it up to me. And that, that's where I'm going to pass this on to him right now. Um, okay, well, as Greg um, just so profoundly put it, Street Fighter times Mega Man's main flaw is, <laughs> for the most part, this is a fan-made project. Capcom had no idea of the ongoings of this game. When they found out, they decided to back it and release it as part of um, the Street Fighter 25th anniversary, obviously, and Mega Man's 25th anniversary. Now, Street, as part of Street Fighter's 25th anniversary, we got, you know, obviously Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and then we got, um, you know, a massive, you know, following of, of incredible tournaments held across the globe from Street Fighter's 25th anniversary, which just concluded earlier this month. Um, Street Fighter 25th anniversary tournament that concluded in San Francisco, I believe. Um, and in that tournament, Street Fighter games like, um, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Street Fighter Third Strike, and Street, um, Super Street Fighter 2 were all in those tournaments, various tournaments, and the grand prize winners got, you know, $25,000, a brand new car, and whatnot. And, um. No Fighting Street? <laughs> no, no Fighting Street. 
And then um, obviously we also got the Street Fighter 25th anniversary box set, which came with those four games that I just mentioned, along with an incredible amount of soundtracks chronicling the 25 years of Street Fighter, along with, you know, an art book and whatnot, showing off all the cool fan art from the franchise over the years. And you know, that was, that was a, a very good celebration of Street Fighter's 25th anniversary. I couldn't have asked for anything more. What did we get from Mega Man's 25th anniversary? A fan-made game that wasn't made by Capcom, and that's it. There's a Mega Man crossover. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. A game Capcom didn't make, but decided to push anyway. And that's it. That was your 25th anniversary. And, you know, while that's not insulting enough, people really, really liked this game. And, you know, most of these people are the same people that, you know, can't seem to you know, real Capcom without having something horrible to say about them because of how much they've, you know, just flat out abandoned the Mega Man franchise, as it were, or made it seem like it were. And it's just, it, it, it just... And now that you know, people are loving this game, they just it seems like they're turning a blind eye. You know, it's like as if Capcom did nothing wrong to Mega Man at all over the past. Do you couple do you years. think though that by the love for this game, maybe Capcom will actually put more stock into Mega Man again though? They most likely will, but it shouldn't have to come to that. They should do that anyway. You know, it shouldn't have to, you know, be this fan made project that motivates Capcom to want to revive Mega Man. They should have just done that anyway for the 25th anniversary. That's, that's what I, I, I think that, going to happen. I think Capcom has a weird look at the business model of things, because the thing is, it was a fan-made game, yes, but they actually could have made money on this. I actually would have been willing to pay for this game. I do not doubt people would have paid money for this. I almost... I like if they if they charge like five ten bucks for this. I probably would pay five ten dollars for this, and then oh, I would man. just cry myself to sleep at how disappointed I was. <laughs> I I would have gladly paid five bucks. <laughs> and the thing is, it was free, and it's because it's not really it's a Capcom game, but it's not really a Capcom game. Yeah. And it's an, it's like the forty billionth Street Fighter Cross game released this year. So which is, which is another problem. I mean, it's just Capcom. It's just at the point where Capcom becomes so reliant on these crossovers. We've got three console generations full of these crossovers, mind you. You know, X Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. You know, Capcom versus SNK. Just enough with the crossovers. <laughs> Capcom doesn't drop something until they run into the ground. I mean, it, so it seems. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 this isn't the first time you know a publisher has done something like this. Obviously, we've seen it with we're seeing it with Activision and basically everything they own. <laughs> so I mean, you know, the fact that you know, the fact that a publisher is doing this doesn't surprise me, but the fact that they just completely abandon other franchises, you know, it's just, it, I mean, I would love to see something, what they could do with another Okami console game or a Beautiful Joe 3 or a Power Stone 3. Or, 
it's I think what's more important it's to them okay. is Street Fighter cross uh, Pitfall. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really, really sad. I mean, it's just they're going to end up, you know, just like Activision with Call of Duty, Street Fighter, Resident Evil, you know, those are going to be the only strong IPs for Capcom, and that shouldn't be the case. They should have a, a lot of strong IPs, and you know, they just don't because they've abandoned them all over the years and, you know, they've only got a very few amount. And, you know, if they decide to go back, I'm sure there will be a strong fan base for them, but the majority won't really care all that much because they just let it go so long ago and just... It, it, well, it's really between that and the fact that they don't <laughs> respect some of their older... Uh, franchises, they it seems as if they don't have any respect for Mega Man as it is, especially with the end of what was it, Street Fighter Cross Tekken or whatever. Yeah, the bad box, but, it's like I know Seth talked about that. Seth Killian said that at the time when they were talking about bad box or Mega Man and Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Mega Man Universe and Mega Man Legends 3 were not canceled yet. So, like, they were just putting him in as, like, a novelty thing, but after Mega Man Universe and Legends 3 got cancelled, now it's just a slap to the face. Really. It seems like that, but I, I think that, like, a lot of people, including myself, overreacted to the fat Mega Man from the box art. Yeah. I, I overreacted about it. it when, uh, Inafune, right? Inafune uh-huh. is the... Yeah. When Inafune said, no, no, I was completely behind that. I like the idea. I was like, okay fine, then it's not too disrespectful. But then the end, where he's trying to grasp at, like, nothing, basically, and he's like, Capcom! Instead of, like, just being like, Capcom, you've completely fucked me over, and you've left me here to die with nothing in the end. You know, it's it's sad to see that kind of ending in that game for him, which, in a lot of ways, made me think that this is the end of Mega Man as we know it anyway. Yeah, I don't blame him at all for leaving Capcom. I do not blame him at all. Just like you know, well, it's it's weird in the Japanese culture. Yeah, though, yeah, like, somebody like that just don't, company. yeah, you don't do what he did. You just don't do that. It's the same thing with Kamiya and um, um, the Kami, the guy that made Resident Evil. You know, you just don't. Oh yeah, Shinji Kami. Yeah, like the only reason why the whole make Cry and Resident Evil are so relevant and why Capcom hasn't let them go altogether is because they're money makers. You know, well, like. Apparently not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Apparently but, Resident Evil 6 did not do well at all. Yeah, kind of surprising considering Operation Raccoon City outsold Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Well, and it doesn't it's, help that they put out a broken game, and a lot of people talked about how it was broken months in advance, and, and they had already said that it has gone gold. So a lot of people knew what to expect, and I think that a lot more people are conscientious of what the gaming sites are saying now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... It, it's just, you know... It, street, what I see Street Fighter Cross Mega Man as is just not... It's just not... Just not what I wanted, like, for the most part. I mean, like, you've been playing these kinds of Mega Man... You've been playing these 8-bit Mega Man games for years... All this is is just a, a, a crossover with the same Mega Man games you've been playing for years. So, I mean... The crossover's not necessary. It just yeah. it needs to stop. And yeah. Capcom needs ideas. 
So, uh, where's, uh, where's Dark Void Zero 2? <laughs> oh, man. That's the other thing. That's, that's the other thing. Like, I, I talked with this about you. Um, like, Asura's Wrath and Dragon's Dogma were, like, the most original titles I've seen come out of Capcom for this generation alone. Those two games came out in the same year. That says way too much about what kind of, you know, company Capcom's become now. You know, I mean, they didn't release a lot of original IP this year. Just Dark Void, which we don't talk about. And, you know... Wait, uh, what about Diana Commando? That was pretty original, right? Bionic Commando was great. The, we're talking about the Bionic Commando remake, right? No, the, not, that, that wasn't original, but the 3D one, I would say, is pretty original. Well, this one was 3D. I'm, I'm talking about the one that kind of played like a Spider-Man game, just better. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. 2009 one? Yeah, that, that was... Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I okay. love that game. Yeah, like, it really is half and half. It's either, like, you like it or you hate it. I personally despised it. But it's well, original. you're wrong. I my I wife is my arm. Ooh, I spoiled it. <laughs> yep. Don't care. Great game. Bad story. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's transition into your top ten games of the year. Let's talk about that. Um, well, I personally thought that Mass Effect 3 was well deserving of my game of the year. I thought that Mass Effect Three, it was uh, it was the best way to end a trilogy. Like with Mass Effect Three, that's how you ended a trilogy. That is how you just bring everything full circle. Yeah, you can you can talk about the ending for hours and hours and how it was disappointing for you, but for the most part, I got everything that I wanted. And more out of Mass Effect 3. Um, as far as the Walking Dead game's concerned, while I don't think it was a bad game at all, I do not think that it was deserving of Game of the Year. I certainly do not think that it was the best story ever told in video games. I think that's yet to be told as far as right now is concerned. Um, well, it, it was the best story told in the, it, the thing when it comes down to the Game of the Year award is, it was in 2012, and that was definitely the best story told in a video game in 2012. I, I, I personally think that it's the greatest story ever told in the game, but that's just me. And uh, there, there are listeners that are probably going to be like, well, he's a zombie fanatic. Well, that, it actually has nothing to do with the zombies of why that game was such a good story. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it was badly written. I, I liked the characters of, I, I liked Lee and Clementine. I thought they were very well written characters. My problem with it is, is that the zombie apocalypse has been told time and time again. And there's, not, it's becoming apparent to me that there's not much you can do to change this formula of how you can tell a story within the zombie apocalypse. So, I, I mean, not so much that the characters themselves were flat and uninteresting, but the surroundings and circumstances that they're being challenged with were flat and uninteresting. The thing that I love so much about Mass Effect was, and, and like science fantasy and science fiction in general, is that you have the entire universe at your fingertips. When, you, when that happens, anything and everything is possible. 
You can manipulate characters to however which way you want to. You can tell stories however you want to. It's why uh, you know such properties like Star Wars and Star Trek have lasted for decades. It's because you can branch out stories and character development to however which way you want to and however which way you can, whichever is possible. You can't well, really, Mass Effect yeah. 3 can tell the story in any way it wants to as long as you choose Renegade or Paragon or just whatever. You you either the the thing with Mass Effect you can have whatever story you want as long as you choose top right or bottom right. That that's my problem with Mass Effect. I I don't feel like the the storytelling is really as open as they had promised in the beginning, and I feel like that became a lot more apparent as the game went on. Like as the series, I mean, like as the series went on, it just became more apparent that it really was not what they had told you it was. It I I got Peter Molyneux again. Yeah. Well, Without it being all in. Well, see, that's the thing, though. It, it, the story isn't in just the video games themselves. Like, I think if you read the novels and the graphic comics, I think there's a lot more story to be told in the Mass Effect universe. And there's stuff that you yourself can write. I've seen Mass Effect fan fiction that was really, really mind-blowing. So it's not just the video games themselves. That you know you can. Yes, and, and you know I mean there's it's just the simple fact that you know from what I can perceive of it and just what I've received from when I was younger and when I just loved reading science fiction I watched you know old Spielberg films like Close Encounters of the Third Kind and ET and stuff like that I just to me it's just everything's better in space you know just everything's better in space and the real world sucks. And I don't, want to, I don't want to have anything to do with the real world and any kind of adult-like emotional connections or bonds. It's just, it just, it's just a turn-off for me. You know, it could be well-written. It, you know, it doesn't have to be bad at all. It's just not for me personally because it, it's, it's just far too much of a realistic feeling, and I don't want to have much to do with that kind of storytelling. It's just. It just doesn't connect with me all that well. I don't feel much in it. That's why I can't really bring myself to say that I think The Walking Dead should have been, you know, this year's top-tier game of the year. Uh, I mean, not to say that those who think it was you know, are wrong, but, you know, it's just not. Those That kind of storytelling isn't really for me. And while I think that it's a nice change of pace for how the story would hold it in video games, I don't think that should be the, the norm. I think that should just be something that's, you know, just there for if anyone wants to take a crack at that kind of uh, storytelling. And, and on top of that, I constantly have to question as to why a point-and-click game was ported onto consoles. It's just, it, don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like that game really should have just stayed on PC. In my I don't opinion. think that it has to stay anywhere, though. I mean, like, there was there's games that have been on consoles before that don't feel like they belong on consoles. Why was an RTS and Halo Wars brought to consoles, or why was it on consoles? You know, a lot of people don't think that RTSs belong on consoles, so it's it's one of those kinds of things where it can work out, and I think that from everything I understand and from friends that have played it on consoles, uh, apparently it works. Yeah, it doesn't, quite... work. it doesn't work 
like badly or anything. I, I just, uh, it just controls a hell of a lot better on PC, and it just, it comes off like the developers. You know, it just comes off like these people only put it on consoles. You know, for like the same reason I had for like why Bethesda ported the Elder Scrolls games to consoles since Morrowind and beyond. You know, it's just, you know, it's like more money, more recognition, more accolades. It doesn't really sound like. They want to branch this out so as many people can play it as possible. It just feels like well, that's they what they're want. supposed to do, though. It's a business, and that's what they have to do if they're going to remain relevant in any sort of way, or if they're going to even stay in business. They've got to do that kind of thing, and I think that they did it with the proper franchise right now, especially with how popular The Walking Dead is and how popular zombies have become in the past, I don't know, four or five years now. I think that it was the right thing to do, and I think that they really did cement their name at this point in time. I think that people will look at Telltale Games a little bit differently, and possibly maybe they can take something else and make it good and not like Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, we can only hope. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, you didn't time. like that. You didn't like their Jurassic Park. I, I'm talking about the Telltale Jurassic Park. Yeah. No, really. No, I did not. I did not like that. In fact, I do not know of anybody who did. Really. really? I mean, it happens, man. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, I did not know. I've never heard anybody say anything good about it. I figured I was in the minority on that one, and then all of a sudden, just everybody pooped on it, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. I, I'm still, like, I still don't, I'm still not a fan of episodic games or episodic content at all, and, like, from my personal experience with it, like, with, you know, with how it, the story ended, with how, like, the Walking Dead game ended, I just, I don't feel that it should have been released episodically, considering the way that it ended, I, I just feel like it could have been released fully and I would have felt the exact same way about it. I know the majority wouldn't have for whatever reason. The majority probably wouldn't have felt the same way, but I, I would have felt this exact same way if it were released fully. All in one. You're in the exact territory that I wanted to talk about when it came to my top ten. Exact area. I, I think that the whole thing with it being episodic made it more important. Because the fact that, what, we saw the first episode in April, right? We saw the first episode in April, and then I believe it ended in or October, right? November. November was episode. November, okay. So, usually when a game comes out, like, a lot of people forgot about Max Payne 3 this year, and that came out in January. May. Or February. Somewhere in there. I don't know. I can't remember. May. <laughs> May. It's close enough. It comes right after January. That's, yeah. that's what matters, right? Right. So, the, the thing is, like, a lot of people forgot that game even came out. And then you have The Walking Dead that gets released periodically. That really does help with it remaining relevant for a longer period of time. And I think that Telltale, with their whole deal with putting out games episodically, I think that really helps keep their game relevant. And when they finally did something right, and I, I hate to shit on Telltale, but they really didn't do anything right before, at least I don't feel. Or when they did start to do something right, they just blew it. Like, uh, uh, Back to the Future. It, that was started out really good and got really bad towards the end. 
With this, it remained good the whole time. Gary would, uh, was on the, on the project. You know, you couldn't go wrong, and it remained relevant for the whole year. And even made it into most publications top 10 and, and well it made it in the i think everybody's top 10 but it ended up taking game of the year from most publications because it, of its relevance and because of its storytelling and it definitely wasn't because of the gameplay the gameplay is not even really up to par i mean it's obviously playable but yeah. it's the story that carried it so far and some people aren't in the space. Like, I don't like space. I, I liked Mass Effect 1, yes. I like the Star Wars movies. Uh, Jar Jar Binks for life, you know. Hulk Hogan for life thing. Jar Jar. He said Jar Jar. Street's favorite character ever. Uh, I, I like those two things when it comes to space. Other than that, I don't care for space. I don't like the Dark Ages. I don't do the whole Swords and Shields thing. But I love zombies. And that's like one of the only genres that I can really get into. And that does help out a little bit, but I don't feel like that's what really mattered. I feel like it was the characters and the voice acting that was so, so ridiculously good that that's what really put it over the top. It really should be more than that, though. It shouldn't be just story and well-written characters. It should be gameplay and story as a, as a mesh together. Which I feel it that a lot be, of people. But the story was so good that it really carried that, though. Um, I think the thing I'm missing here is you, you said you were making the point about how epi- being episodic helped it, and I don't understand how that tied into like the latter point about the voice acting being good. Oh, that doesn't tie into the voice acting being good or anything. That was just me going off on a tangent because I'm ADHD prone like crazy. Oh, you know. But it being it being episodic kept it relevant throughout the year, and that's not what made it game of the year. What made it game of the year was it was episodic, which kept it relevant. But the voice acting and the characters being so good that that helped it even more, and that's what really landed at that top spot. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of games that came out that have really great storytelling, or not storytelling, uh, gameplay. But a lot of the times with these games with really great gameplay, it ends up that nobody cares about the story. A lot of people will skip over the story, or the stories, the usual. And I don't feel like The Walking Dead was the usual story. For a video game, it wasn't. I, th- I think it's really this important. Kind of story, and I this think that that game is one of the most important games ever. This kind of, like, this kind of story has been told before. Not with, like, zombies or anything, but, you know, it's the same premise. Just not for video oh, games before. It's just same thing with Uncharted, you know? You never really had that kind of Indiana Jones type of adventure style in a video game before until Uncharted became relevant. That's why Uncharted 2 won so many Game of the Year awards, because it, it kind of was the first of its kind for a, the video game industry. Same, Walking Dead could be the same thing. It is the same thing. I think um, what I'm taking away from this, though, is that the, the thing that makes Walking Dead special is 
the proficiency which with which it, like it's not just a story with some gameplay tacked on. It's a story that has gameplay used in a very purposeful manner. It all works well together as a whole. The gameplay is only there to serve as choices in the story. Yes, definitely. Whereas it's, it's uh, Uncharted, Uncharted is a but, bunch of cutscenes and a bunch of shooty parts, and they're just kind of together. Yes, definitely. You are you are absolutely correct on that. I I don't think that anybody will remember the Walking Dead game because of the way that it played. I think it's going to be remembered because of the story. And that's what really just. I think that it's going to set the bar for a lot of games that are going to come out. Does that make sense? It yeah. will. It will, but you know, kind of don't want it to. <laughs> I, I just, Sorry, uh, I'm getting a lot of noise around me right now, so I, I couldn't really hear. I just said I don't. I'm not really looking forward to like another story that's similar to The Walking Dead. I mean, the last. I'm looking forward to The Last of Us, but you know, for different reasons. You know, uh, not. So, I mean, yes, the story is going to be something. Of a spectacle, but you know, I I am I am very interested in what seeing how the gameplay is because just because you know this you know Last of Us obviously is not a point click adventure, but um you know I, I just I feel like I I honestly feel like um you know that just because like. I, I, I'm, I'm, my opinion's probably just gonna be overlooked. I'm a bit biased on the whole zombie apocalypse thing. I just think enough is enough as far as the genre goes. I, I really feel like, you know, science fiction really needs to make a huge comeback. Um, oh, I think it will. I, I think that it, it no, has to. It's gotta be the next step at this point in time yeah. because the zombie genre is starting to go downhill already. I, I, mean, I think I, that like Activision Activision's making a Walking Dead game of their own based off of the TV show next year. If you guys haven't already heard, and I'm sure that will fall, I'm sure that will crash and burn. <laughs> oh, we've made plenty of jokes about it already here and on Mail Order Zombie. Yeah, so I mean, it all just—I mean, it feels like it, I'm getting a real Guitar Hero vibe from the Walking Dead franchise. I feel like it's just too much all at once. I really do feel like it's just too much all at once. I I, I don't think it's going to end up like a Tar Hero, at least not right now. <laughs> Obviously, I, I don't like the Walking Dead. Yeah, the Walking Dead. Yeah, it's just. I mean, a graphic novel. You know, you start out as a graphic novel office series, we all know, and then you know a TV series that just blew up with you know with its third season. We're in the middle of its third season, if I'm not mistaken, and then you know we got yeah. a, a, a episodic, you know, episodically released video game, which season two is well on its way, according to Telltale, and then we're getting another video game from Activision, and I, I just feel like it's a bit too much all at once. Well, Activision's well known for killing off something that's a money maker, so yeah, that doesn't shock me. I, I feel like other than that, I think that the way that the Walking Dead franchise as a whole is presented is presented in the right manner the tv shows on for like a month and a half and then it goes away for a few months and then it comes back for another month and a half and then it goes away for like eight months 
or something around there, eight, nine months. And then it comes back. I don't feel like that it's too much at the point in time, but now that we're getting this Activision game, which will probably be turned into a yearly franchise split between them and uh, Treyarch somehow, <laughs> I feel like that's going to end up killing it off. And yes, that is going to suck. And the good news is we won't have a bunch of plastic instruments laying around, but nonetheless, it does suck. Yeah. yeah. Especially when this is like one of the few things done in all of zombiedom to do it right the whole time. Yeah. Well, mostly right. The TV show's obviously the weakest of everything The Walking Dead. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that the TV show's the weakest. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially with everybody's fan, the, the fan favorite, Daryl. You know, he's not even in the comics. He's not in the game. There's he's he doesn't belong, and a lot of people forget that he's a racist douchebag. But nonetheless, you know, he's Norman Reedus. Everybody loves Norman Reedus. Yeah, Boondock Saints. Yeah, except for Boondock Saints too. But none, none, none. Yeah, except for that, we don't talk about the sequel. <laughs> Let's but not no. talk about that. It always confused me that Boondock Saints had nothing to do with Afro-American manga. Afro-American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you did not hear the N-word like three million times during that. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a racist statement. Neopets? Yes, Neopets. The Tamagotchi of the internet. Yes. When are we going to get the Tamagotchi back? Everything comes back except for the pet rock. I want a Tamagotchi back. I still have a friend of two that uses Tamagotchi. They they need to come back and we'll we'll be the foremost reviewer of the Tamagotchi and the Gigapet. Of the game new season. Seal of approval. I almost said season of approval. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, we didn't give out a seal of approval this week. Bionic Commando. <laughs> no, that game, no, no, no. You know, you're talking game, about so. how much you love episodic games, and you think uh, Walking Dead really benefited from an episodic take. So I think it's only ap- appropriate that we give the seal of approval to Sonic 4. I was gonna say that next! High five. <laughs> to what? High five, Javon. Did you say Persona 4? Sonic. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, okay, fine. This this week's seal of approval goes to all things Sonic. No host, uh, no no usual host here, since I, I get to be the host this week. Galactic gave me a new seal of approval to everything Sonic. Yeah, like, me and Eric, if you guys haven't noticed, me and Eric don't agree on a hell of a lot of stuff. We can both agree that Sonic the Hedgehog 4 deserves the Galactic Gaming new seal of approval. Oh, definitely. I don't know if people are catching on that the seal of approval is basically <laughs> the, the X-Play golden mullet. Well, only ours is much more appealing. Well, obviously. I, I mean, and un- until Esquire yeah. buys us, Esquire, if you're looking for come buy us, that'd be great. Yes, uh, until then, <laughs> I love Esquire. I, I have a, uh, a, a daily subscription. Wow. I don't even know what's in Esquire magazine. <laughs> like I saw, I saw a cover for an Esquire issue, and it just had Mila Kunis with no shirt on. Like All right, I, Esquire magazine. 
You win. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish my sentence. I don't need you to finish your sentence. You said topless Mila Kunis. Alright. Um, yeah, as far as the rest of my top ten goes, you know, I, I was surprised and I thought Jimmy was going to have this game on his, but, um, I was the only one that had Guild Wars 2 on my, on my top ten, on my personal top ten, and I am glad it's there. I'm glad I kept it there because Guild Wars 2 has to be hands down the best MMO I've played in years. I've played quite a few of them in years. And I, too, definitely, it brings everything to the table. It makes, it's just structurally well built. And it's just, I mean, unless you've been playing World of Warcraft for five years straight, like once you play Guild Wars, oh, believe me, I have friends who played World of Warcraft for six years straight. But, you know, unless that, you know, you're going to play Guild Wars 2, you're probably never going to go back. Unless you've invested that much time. The Guild Wars 2 thing is a really shitty thing to me because not I'm not saying the game's shitty or there's anything shitty about it. I'm saying what's shitty is the fact that I'd watched people play it firsthand, like sitting right next to them, like, oh my god, this looks so amazing, I want to play this so bad, and I never got my hands on it. And that's why it wasn't in my top ten. It's just like, it's sad to me that I didn't get to play it because I'm always interested in MMOs. There's something about MMOs that really appeals to me. Going on to that big world alone. But, oh. And, and you know, I, I, I've talked with people about it, and you know, like, I've talked with people, and these are the kind of people that have invested years of time and thousands of dollars in World of Warcraft, and it's just like they've got this mentality that they just, you know, World of Warcraft is the best, no other MMO can match it. And that's, that's just their, you know, like, regardless of you know, how good it looks or how regardless of how well it plays compared to WoW. Because WoW on a technical and aesthetical level, it's pretty outdated. It is very outdated. Yeah. Everything about that game is outdated. But you know, but you know, people who've invested years and thousands of dollars in this one game running on the same engine for so many years, they just won't go to anything else. They won't try anything else really for the most part, and it's really sad because they're missing out on a lot of stuff. What company like, is that made by? What? What company is that made by? The company is what made by? World of Warcraft. Blizzard. Okay, and they're owned by who? <laughs> and they also do what? <laughs> Call of Duty. They're yeah. not trying anything different. Go on, tell me more. Let's link these together and see all the things that they put out that do the same thing yearly that people spend thousands of dollars on. Get her hero. Where's my Lost Vikings yeah. 3? Oh, man. I, I give up. <laughs> I, I give up after Get her hero. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to didn't mean to step on your uh, point that you were making about no, 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 World of Warcraft okay. being an old game and how old game is old. But no, no, you were you were yourself for making a good yeah. That's just the. I mean, you know, and, like, there's also those kinds of people who just have this mentality that you know subscription based MMOs are much more superior than free to play stuff, which is true to some extent. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't give the free to play stuff no chance at all. I, I disagree with that statement, though. I disagree that free-to-play okay. isn't better, because I've played many free-to-play games that are much better than paid subscription, and paid subscription is 
old at this point, to the point yeah, where a lot of people won't pay yeah. to play. But MMO, besides World of Warcraft, is subscription-based. I mean, you got Terra, you got Rift, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, like, and then when you do have games that come out that are subscription-based, they fail. Miserable. Yeah, Secret World, the Secret World is no longer a subscription-based MMO. Star Wars The Old Republic went free-to-play last month. I mean... It's becoming an old model, unless unless you've got the amount of subscribers that World of Warcraft has, a subscription-based MMO just isn't going to last very long. I mean, look what happened to APB. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, the thing that is, the thing is, like you mentioned, Star Wars, and for anything Star Wars to fail, besides George Lucas's '90s and 2000s movies, <laughs> for anything Star Wars to fail is almost unheard of. Oh, and the Force yeah. Unleashed games. Like, that's I, that's yeah. hard to believe, especially, like, putting that up against World of Warcraft. I mean, before this, Warcraft was known to the underground nerds, and yeah. now it's known to everybody, to the point where you have drug-addled out the Osborne, be like, oh, yeah, this is this is showing, oh, cocaine. <laughs> Yep. Like that's it's it's one of those types of things, and perhaps it's the fact that Activision, like I want to find a, the man named Activision and follow him, just so I can pick up the money that's falling out of his ass. That way, I can be like, okay, you know, you've got so much money that you can buy all these celebrities and be like, they play this game. Robert Downey Jr.'s in this commercial for two seconds in a in a thing going. Uh oh, or surprise, yeah, or whatever. I saw, like I saw the Black Ops Two commercial, and I just thought to myself, "I'm gonna see somebody that like really, really famous." And there goes Robert Downey Jr. And there's like, there's other people out there that do speak with their wallet, that yeah. that don't buy these games, that say, "Hey, I don't approve of you putting out the." this game every single year and not changing up the formula. And you know. I mean, and like, there are people who say that, like, Black Ops 2 is, like, the best thing since Black Ops 1 and, like, Modern Warfare 3. Like, you're paying for the same game every year. How is one better than the other? Yeah. Like, I mean, I love Call of Duty. I'll gladly spend 60 bucks on them every year, but, I mean, you're paying for the same thing every year. Don't think that like, you're getting something better just because, like, they added, you know, like, a new tweak or improvement for your you know, for your um, your score streaks or your you know your classes or something like that. Like you're paying for the same thing every year. You know, just like I think Game Informer was like the only ones to like say something negative about Mr. Pandaria. <laughs> like, yeah. So what I'm hearing I, is, uh, is Call of Duty should go subscription only. You know, I wish it would. I wish it would. <laughs> That's just to shut everybody up. But then again, that would that would involve that would involve Treyarch and or Infinity Ward to actually put servers in, which it's not going to happen. That would actually involve like server maintenance and actual like time and manpower in patching your your multiplayer, which you know these studios aren't going to do. So you might as well just maybe they maybe they'd figure out how to handle their hackers also. Yeah, like other games out there right now that are causing a lot of controversy. That's work. Let's just let's just release the same thing every year. Full sixty dollars for it. Yeah, let's, just, let's just tell, let's just tell people that you know we're we're gonna ban hackers, and then when the hackers actually show up, we just do nothing. Yeah, 
if you if you go on the original Modern Warfare, a lot of people still play that game. I'll still pick it up from time to time when I'm at a friend's house and play it online. It's just it's broken. Everybody's hacking. There's green text all over the screen. Go to this website. It's like how did this happen? You still support this game. Yet you don't fix the problems that are there. And it's still the best Call of Duty because it was the one that did something different finally. Yeah. Like, I mean, people say Black Ops 2 did something drastic. No, it didn't. No. No. Definitely not. No. This one didn't either. Just by having a hover a hovering craft around you doesn't mean <laughs> shit. Steven Seagal ate a bologna sandwich once and then switched back yeah. to Turkey. It didn't change shit. Yeah, going from a bunch of World War II games to a modern warfare game, that changed something. Going from modern warfare to future warfare doesn't really change all that much because it's not really the future. It's like 10 years in the future from right now. Yeah, I didn't see laser beam pistols. Yeah, like, no. Everybody knows that in 2020, 2025, right? That's when that game takes yeah, place. Uh-huh. Yeah, everybody knows that by then we're going to have hovering cars and laser pistols. Like in the year 2000 when that happened. <laughs> yep. I'm still using my hover skateboard right now. It, it's um, sad. Yeah, it's... it's just, just no. Just, just no. 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 I'm trying to figure out what else. I'm trying to figure out what else I put in my top ten. Oh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Wasn't it? I I think that was in mine and Sammer's top ten. I know Jimmy put it in his. I don't know about anybody else, but um, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. I mean, a lot of people like people who played it liked it, but you know. It's just this game came out four months after Skyrim, so people were still on their people were still on their Skyrim fixes by then. So I mean, this this wasn't the best time to release it. it, it really, February was not the best time to release that game, which which contributed to the poor sales. Yeah, and, you know, it, it really is sad because apparently Thirty Eight was working on a sequel right after. They yep. released Reckoning. It was just, it really was just a horrible, misconstrued happenstance to what happened in 38 and Big Huge. I mean, I, I, I know that everyone from, from most of the staff from Big Huge moved on to Epic, so I'm sure they're making something that Epic, I forget what they're doing. But you know, for the most part, I mean, a great RPG. If you haven't played it already, play it, please. Wait, what, what RPG? What was it Kingdoms that you, What was it that you told Samer over Twitter? I don't remember. <laughs> it was today. It was today. Um, yeah, one of the best combat systems you'll ever see in an in a role playing game. I mean, <laughs> like in an action RPG, you will not see combat like this. As of right now, at least. I mean, The Witcher 2 does have this kind of combat, but, you know, Kingdom of Amalur has, like, a God of War feel to it. So, I mean, you're really going to enjoy this, regardless if you like regardless if you like RPGs or not, and the kind of Dark Ages lore. You know, I mean, you're still going to love... It's very satisfying combat. And, 
I really think that this game should have gotten more recognition. I mean, it got great reviews, but I, I really think it should have gotten more recognition in the term of accolades. Like, it was released early in the year, so I didn't expect a lot of people to, a lot of them, websites or anything like that to give it any kind of award or something, but it still was a very, very good game. Yeah, I think it was in Greg Miller's top three, if I remember properly. I think he put it at, like, number three, if I remember. But it's it's one of those things where that game is fantastic. It just... It didn't... I didn't see very many commercials for it. No. It seemed like it was mainly just the hardcore community that was really following this game. And if that... EA, if EA did publish this, so you would think they would market this more, but, you know, I think they, they had enough on their plate. I mean... First quarter for EA wasn't all that great to begin with. I mean, I think like the only other big game they had was um, Syndicate, and let's who bought Syndicate? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, they had a lot planned for the Syndicate, the new Syndicate series, but apparently yeah. that's been panned. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not happening. But you know, King of Zombie. I'm sure you can get it for cheap. Um, there's two big DLC packs for it, so just get it. Just get it. Just get it. Um, and of course, you know, I put Tekken Tech 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 to go my top 10 because, you know, that's my final game of the year. That, that was hands down my final game of the year. Yeah. Uh, at I least mean, you didn't put it at number one like I thought you were going to. <laughs> what would you think of that? I. I, you're just a huge fighting game fan. I figured that you were going to put it at number one. Yeah. Well, I didn't! Oh, man, I was wrong. Woo! And stuff. Anybody yeah. see that Ric Flair came back on Monday? Anybody? Yeah. Guy's back. Question half back. Crutch or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the wrestling podcast. <laughs> it's got to happen every now and then. I do want to talk more about this with you, but I don't know if the podcast is not the right time. Uh, I'll see. No, wait, talk about what? <laughs> what the hell? Like, what the hell is Ric Flair doing now? Oh man, what is Ric Flair doing now? It's prepare. Now we are transitioning. Um, nobody knows. There's yeah. your answer. He's he's apparently not under any kind of contract right now. He just made an appearance, and there's a chance that he becomes the 1990s Jack Tunney <laughs> character, where he's seen sometimes, but that's about it. Or like Proto Man? Yeah, like... Like who? Proto Man? Yes, like Proto Man. Yeah, like, apparently, like, it's kind of unclear if he's um, going to sign a new deal with WWE. He's come back as, like, a manager or something. Let's hope. Let's hope he's the manager of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I don't know. Get him away from AJ already. Now. He's got to make money somehow. He's got four XYs. Five now, apparently. What? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> getting a divorce again for this this new one. He needs to stop marrying people. Yeah, well, you know. Don't get oldest people. ride, longest line. <laughs> Woo! Space Mountain, ladies. <laughs> uh, oh, man. There was something I wanted to say, but I don't remember at this point in time. Anyways, it's about that time, gentlemen. So, do you want to continue speaking about this, or should we 
make like teenagers in America should do and wrap it up. <laughs> that made no sense. Well, well it makes I perfect have, sense. I have some Christmas presents to wrap up. Does that count? Um, yes. As long as oh, you don't be a fool and you wrap those things. I don't think that didn't work. Don't copy Try. that floppy. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't know, Jovan, are you uh, done with your top ten? Yes. Yes? Yes. Seal of approval on your top ten, right? Work, work. No. <laughs> Alright, well, it's it's probably about time to wrap this up. We've gone about two hours at this point in time, I believe. Almost 30. Which is usually this show length. But then again, different host. Let's go six hours. Oh my god. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna start talking about wrestling the entire time. No, oh god, there should really just be a Galactic Gaming News wrestling minicast. You know, I I think that there should be too. I, I totally do. You know, and, and since... Since the boss is out of commission, I'm the new boss. This is this is happening. We are going to have a wrestling podcast coming soon, April first, two thousand thirteen. <sighs> after the after the end of the world happens, right? Which right. was two days ago. Yep. Happy post apocalypse, everybody. Aww. It's it's hard to believe. That Santa did not end the world. So, you guys okay with wrapping this up then? Yeah. Yes, yeah, All righty. Well, to reach us, you go to galacticgamingnews.tumblr.com. That is where you can find nothing at the moment because we're basically all on break and the Steam sale is killing us. I'm hoping to so, get a holiday it, video up, but uh, that's about it. Yes, this that that could definitely happen, and uh, possibly a couple of other things scattered around, but probably not too much. I expect a, a full return in in January. Until then, you do have the podcast to listen to, which you can find wherever you find it because you're listening to it right now. Good listen job. To them over and over and over again. Oh and man! Over and over and over again. Yeah. And pay and pay for it. What? <laughs> We're, we're going subscription based. We are uh, the World of Warcraft podcast. Oh, I see. Yes, no, we're the, the first World three, of Warcraft. Three. And you get a Furby. Oh, man. Who doesn't love a Furby? I love you. To send us your questions, you can email us at galacticgamingnews at gmail.com. The G stands for galacticgamingnews at gmail.com. So it's Galactic Gaming News at Galactic Gaming News at gmail.com at gmail.com. At Galactic Gaming News. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So, there's that. Uh, you can find us on this week's episode of Mail Order Zombie, which can be found at mailorderzombie.com or iTunes, just as we are on iTunes and everywhere else in the world at this point in time. Oh, that reminds me, we're also on Stitcher now, in case you want to take us on the go with you. We have been approved to be on Stitcher, which is a huge move for us, which is awesome. So, yeah, somebody's fapping away because they're all excited. 
That's right. Spank it. Let them all know what's up. Yeah. Uh, where else can we be found? Oh. Anywhere in the world, because obviously we're the greatest thing since chicken fried rice. Yeah. And, and remember, listeners, you have not seen the last of the Undertaker. No, he will break through your wall after the gong. Ooh, yeah! <laughs> so, for this week, we are Galactic Gaming News, and we are officially entering a black hole. And we're back. 